This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Monday, August 17th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's how we're making you smarter today. The Trump administration is eyeing another unproven virus cure. Plus, an old jingle gets an update from Wu-Tang Clan founder RZA. First, though, this week's Democratic National Convention is today's one big thing. The big experiment in virtual conventions and American politics begins tonight with the kickoff for the Democratic National Convention. Margaret Taleb is Axios's White House and politics editor, and she's going to be one of our guides to the convention this week. Hey, Margaret, happy Monday. Thank you. Happy Monday to you, too. I'll try to be your guide, but this is so different from most conventions that I think we're all going to be learning and modulating our expectations as we go. So maybe you can help us with that. First of all, what is this going to look like? It's going to look much shorter, for one. It's going to be a couple hours of TV on cable, prime time, 9 to 11, a lot more slimmed down, pared back. We've all heard Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a one-minute speaking slot. So across the board, it may be easier for them to maintain messaging when everyone has a shorter amount of time. So tomorrow night, the traditional keynote address is also going to look different instead of one person. That's not happening this time. Normally, there's a keynote address, of course, in 2004. That was Obama. There is not a black America and a white America and Latino America and Asian America. There's the United States of America. And lo and behold, four years later, he's the president, meteoric rise. This year, they're trying something different. It's going to be a keynote address shared by 17 different speakers. Stacey Abrams among them, and many other political figures, men and women, different ethnic and demographic representation there. But 17 people in the slot of one person means it's much harder to have the one breakout, for sure. You mentioned presumptive nominee Joe Biden. Is this going to be like other conventions where he doesn't show up until right at the end? Joe Biden is going to be doing his acceptance speech on the last night, Thursday night, as is the tradition, from Delaware. But it's going to be a very different sort of circumstance. Extreme health protection measures involved in terms of anyone who can set foot anywhere near that convention hall. We're going to see the coronavirus play out in every element of this convention, in multiple speeches, in the way the events are gathered and situated, and in the essence and the substance of what Biden talks about himself on Thursday night. Margaret, what are you going to be watching for this week? I'm going to be watching for the influence of the Obamas on the energy and direction of this convention. I'm going to be listening for how Kamala Harris interacts as the running mate. Is this party going to rally around Joe Biden? And what's the convention going to look like? Is it still going to be a big deal at the end of this convention? Or does this pandemic-forced situation actually change a tradition for good? Will we see the convention diminish year after year after this event? Margaret Tellev is Axios' White House and politics editor. Margaret, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. I know it's going to be a very busy week for you. Thanks so much. We'll be watching. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the latest scoop from Jonathan Swan. 
This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back to Axios Today. President Trump is eyeing yet another unproven cure for the coronavirus. The botanical extract oleandrin has no public data, has never been tested on humans, and the only supporting evidence that it helped inhibit COVID-19 was in a lab setting with monkey kidney cells. But Trump has expressed enthusiasm for the FDA to approve this as a COVID treatment, and that's raising alarms for some senior health officials. Axios' Jonathan Swan has the scoop. Basically, there is this experimental botanical extract oleandrin, which is being promoted by this company called Phoenix Biotechnology. This botanical extract has made it all the way to the Oval Office, largely because of the endorsement of the Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Ben Carson, and another man named Mike Lindell, who is a big Trump backer. And he's the founder of a company called MyPillow, and he's recently taken a financial stake in the company that developed Oleandrin. Andrew Whitney, who is the main man who has been taking this pitch to the administration, he has been claiming that this botanical extract cures COVID-19 in two days. And they met with President Trump in the Oval. President Trump expressed enthusiasm for the Food and Drug Administration to approve this extract, despite lack of proof that it works. Jonathan, what does this say to you about access entrepreneurs have to this administration and the way this administration is finding treatments for the coronavirus? It's really important to highlight just how unusual this is. The idea that a biotech entrepreneur with a botanical extract could get an Oval Office meeting with the President of the United States and then an expression of enthusiasm from the President for the FDA to approve this botanical. I mean, it's just extraordinary. This is advocacy in the Trump era. Mr. Whitney has, I think, very shrewdly used the tried and tested formula to win Trump's ear. You find someone who is friendly with the President and his inner circle. That's the My Pillow founder, Mike Lindell. You also work conservative media. That's another way to get traction in Trump world. But the bottom line is scientists around the world are in a race for cures, treatments and vaccines for COVID-19. And obviously government regulators are investigating hundreds of products. But when a biotech executive like Whitney can take his case directly to the president, and, and this is what a senior administration official who was really concerned about this said to me, it does cast doubt over the scientific rigor of the drug development process. There are a number of senior government health officials who are alarmed by the internal conversations surrounding oleandrin and alarmed about how quickly they've been elevated all the way to the Oval Office. Jonathan Swan writes the sneak peek newsletter for Axios. For the last five years, Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In Foundation has been tracking how women in the workplace are doing. 
The pay and achievement gap in corporate America is particularly acute when it comes to Black women. Here's one highlight from the report. For every 100 white men who are promoted to being a manager, there are just 58 Black women who make it, and 80 white women. And here's a window into maybe one reason why. Cheryl Sandberg shared this statistic with Axios Media reporter Sarah Fisher. 59% of Black women have never had an informal interaction with a senior leader. Do you think anyone's ever been promoted by someone they've never met with one-on-one? Sandberg's report ends by saying the only way to make a workplace more equal is to focus on the women who are most marginalized. In other words, and I'm quoting from the last page of the report here, if employers want to do better by women, they must do better by Black women. To read more about this report, you can find it on our show page. I'll also tweet out a link. Before we leave you today, there's a jingle many of us recognize from our childhood. It's officially called Turkey in the Straw, and it's been played from ice cream trucks for decades. I'm not going to play it right now, though, because we come to find out that it has racist roots. The song was performed in minstrel shows. So for its 100th anniversary, Good Humor is making a big change. They asked Wu-Tang Clan founder RZA to create a new song to, quote, bring joy to every community. And it's available now to ice cream truck drivers all around the country. And according to RZA, And I can assure you that this one is made with love. Peace. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm.